The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So nothing should surprise us in this business, uh, in this day and age. But I got to say, even after back-to-back losing seasons, I was a little taken aback by Mike Vrabel uh, being fired by the Tennessee Titans. I was hoping that Rand Carthen, who both of us have an affection for and, and know well, go back with Mike Vrabel, who you go back even farther than I do with Mike Vrabel. Um, I was hoping that that partnership could become a dynamic duo, but it didn't work out. But I want to talk about where Mike Vrabel may work next because you and I have had conversation after conversation about what's happening with Bill Belichick. And we still don't know for sure. Um, right. Is Mike Vrabel going home? Does, does Mike Vrabel want to be the man that follows the man? Is that, is that the expectation? Is that the desire, not just with the New England Patriots fan base, but with the New England Patriots organization? Because I, I heard whispers about this. Actually, I'll source it. Charles Robinson has been telling me about it. Our boy Charles Robinson from Yahoo has been bringing Mike Vrabel to the Patriots up all season long. Ever since the Belichick chatter started, he kept bringing up Mike Vrabel. I'm sure you've heard that as well uh, from from your sources. So, like, is Mike Vrabel going to succeed Bill Belichick? And if he does, can he succeed? Well, uh, look, this is a good time. This is a good time to think about it for anybody succeeding Bill Belichick because if Bill Belichick had done a Bill Walsh, you know, leaving after winning a Super Bowl. You hand it over to your boy, George Seifert. Hey, keep this going. I'm handing you a Super Bowl team. Let's see what you do. And Seifert was like, cool, I'll win it, I'll win it too. So that, that was the pressure was on, and he, he was able to deliver. If Bill Belichick had walked away after 2018, pressure's on anybody. Win yeah. a Super Bowl, Belichick walks away. You win a division title, losing the first round. People are like, what? But think about what's happened since they won the Super Bowl. Uh, three of the last four years, they've had losing seasons. They go to one year to go to the playoffs to get blown out. Worst playoff loss of Belichick's career. So anybody stepping in after Belichick, if you have a winning record now, that will be seen as successful in Foxborough. And Mike Vrabel knows all about the Patriots, won three championships uh, with the team. He knows all about the crafts, knows all about the fans. But there's also what complicates this is there's somebody in-house already who may have been promised the job, who also was drafted by Bill Belichick. Vrabel was signed by him, but Gerard Mayo was drafted by him. He played with Vrabel and Teddy Bruschi. He won championships as well. He knows the craft. He knows the area. Hold on. So, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. That may have... Was not a guess. 
Tell me more about this promise. There, there's who may have been promised. There, the, the, the inflection in your voice suggests there was more than a, than a may. Yeah. Let tell me, me tell more. you something. Tell, tell me more. And, and I know it's date. <laughs> I know it's yet. Please tell me more. Uh, inside joke. We can we can never tell y'all that secret, but we know. Anyway, David Tepper. We may go in on David Tepper and how he's a terrible owner and he doesn't understand what he's doing. However, only 32 jobs. And last year, Gerard Mayo turned down an opportunity to interview with the Carolina Panthers for a head coaching job. He turned it down, stays mm. with the Patriots. The Patriots insisted that he stay, sign an extension with, with them. And Robert Kraft has said many times, I think he's, he's even used the phrase heir apparent. Talking about Gerard mm. Mayo, loves Mayo. Mm. Robert mm. Kraft loves him. Jonathan Kraft, team president, loves him. And so... Everybody walked around this year, moved as if Gerard was the next guy to the point. Well, we talked we talk about that the other day. Yeah, some of the assistants on the staff, way. right? Yeah. yeah, some of the assistants on the staff, like, oh, okay, that's the guy. He's the man. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, some people were offended by that. Other people were like, well, well, let me get my political game going. Let me cozy up to him so I can line up my next job. So everybody thought it's going to be Belichick out. Gerard Mayo in Mayo probably sitting there yesterday in the barber shop getting his hair cut. Then the news flash. Oh shit! What? <laughs> Mike Bravel, because Mike Bravel is him. That's him with experience. Mike Bravel is you with experience. So yeah, Mike Bravel is you with a playoff win or two. Mike Rabel is you with a note with a reputation with the fingerprint in the league. Yeah, so it really did the did the craft stay with the plan or are they distracted? Uh, by the coach and the who are you looking at Neo? Were you looking at the woman in the red dress? Uh, is, is Gerard Mayo Look are they looking at him? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, so that's really that it's complicated now. This is a complicated story. Well, because the fascinating thing about Vrabel has always been like he is not necessarily seen. So whenever there's the conversation about the failure of Bill Belichick disciples, Mike Vrabel is either the exception or not even included just because he didn't coach under Bill Belichick. He played for Bill Belichick, but I mean, his coaching experiences Romeo Cornell, Bill O'Brien. Am I, am I correct? Right? Like it's not, That's right. He, he, yeah, he, he's not one of the other guys who's, you know, whenever we put up the graphic and it's a, Bill Belichick assistant coaches and they all got losing records. You know what I mean? And even Bill O'Brien yeah. for that matter came from, you know, Penn State before he was the offensive coordinator. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He was the, I get that. No, he was offensive coordinator. He, he went with to Penn State. Started with yeah, yeah, right. Then he went to Penn State. Then he went to Houston. So he had a head coaching, he had a head coaching successful stint in college before he went to Houston. So a lot of times he's not looked at the same way that the Mangini's and the Patricia's and the McDaniels of the world are, look, are looked at. Is that fair? Is that an accurate summation? No, no, Belichick I think that's tree? fair, but I, I think it's so, fair. So Vrabel is, 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 is looked like, is also, looked at it as, as his own guy, more so than somebody trying to be Bill Belichick is what I'm getting at. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, but I think, I think yeah. what's happening and, and this is this is the unknown again. There's the known of, of Rabel and coaching, the unknown of Gerard Mayo as a head coach. But here's the unknown as well. All those Belichick guys, 
they kind of have, they come from the same factory, just like Belichick. Wesleyan, D3 guy, getting the coaching. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia, D3 mm-hmm. guy, getting the coaching. Brian Dayball, D3 mm-hmm. guy, getting the coaching. Josh McCain, D3 guy. They came up the guy. same way. They came up the same and way. And didn't yeah. play. And didn't play yeah. in the league. Mike Vrabel played in the league. D1 guy. At yeah. perhaps the best, uh, the best school in the land, in Ohio State. And then... Uh, Gerard Mayo. I don't think you, can, you, you can't say that. You can't say that for a while. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can say that until at least next season. I know yeah. It's tough. You, you, yeah. It's you tough. can't do that. It really no, sucks. It really yeah. sucks that they actually won a championship for the first time in 27 years. Yeah. Who's counting? But um, I'm so old. I'm so old. They, I remember guys, the draft that Mayo got drafted. I covered that draft. When he, tenth overall. Yeah, out of these Tennessee. guys. I remember that. Yeah. These guys played. These guys played. Yeah. So they're not going to be. Yeah. They won't follow the same Belichick thing. It's like the Belichick guys didn't play in the league. They're more cerebral than instinctive. They have some instincts, but mostly cerebral, where Mayo and Vrabel are cerebral and instinctive because they have their playing careers and they have their uh, young coaching careers to rely on. They know players. They know how players think. And uh, McDaniels and Patricia and Mangini, they know what they've observed. But they really can't say, I've been in these shoes and I know what I would want in this situation. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah. I, I think Mayo and Vrabel will be successful at their next stops. It's just a matter of, is Mayo's first stop taking over the Patriots? Or is Vrabel's second stint taking over the yeah. Patriots? I, I, guess, I guess my point was from a Patriots organizational perspective, you're getting there's a level of familiarity, but you're not it's not the same old same old. It's not yeah. a continuation of a if you're trying to reset the culture or trying to have a fresh start, even though Mike Vrabel played for Bill Belichick, he's not another Bill Belichick. Gerard Mayo is his own man, even though he played for and has coached under Bill Belichick. If I'm saying anything inaccurate, let me know. Right, he, right, he, he doesn't, right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not another Bill Belichick. So it's the best of both worlds um, if you are the craft in either case. I mean, part of me is like, would I like to see Gerard Mayo get a shot? I would like to see him get a shot. Is it, would it be dirty if the Crafts decided to take the more established coach who they're also familiar with? You think that, would, that, would that be dirty on their part? Like, it, I, I'd be disappointed, yes. but I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it like, like no, this it's promise. Dirty. Was it ironclad? Was it contractual? No, a, a like, was it like a, it's a promise. It was a straight up, straight up promise. Yeah. It's yeah. It. yeah. You asked, yeah. I had an opportunity. Now, look, I, it, it would have been bad. Maybe. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you now. did. No, you, no, you did say that. You did say that. You said that. You said that they, yeah, you said that, that, that he would, he turned yeah, maybe opportunities I been elsewhere. Yeah. No, if I go yeah. to, now if I go to Dave Tepper, if I go to Dave Tepper, I know even if I get fired, I'm walking away with a bunch of money at least. <laughs> I'm yeah. walking away. Because <laughs> as reckless as he is with his decision making, he's also reckless with the checkbook. So fine. So I, I there's, know, pre- there's I, precedent I'm for it. There, but you know there's yeah. precedence for it. Like things things what change, what, man. What's the precedent? The thing, no, things change. I mean, there are one doesn't immediately come to mind, but things change when it comes to like, oh, you're gonna get this when this happens. And then something happens. Yeah, it happens in every walk of life. It happens in our business where you where you where you take yeah. a job or you sign a contract, and then the person that you sign with is no longer Ooh. there, or or, or or time passes and circumstances change. Mm. It's just there's a, there's a lot of the there's market. A, 
Yeah, or somebody comes on the market. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, you're saying that there's a situation in New England. So if, if, if what you're telling me is like, while there was this promise and while he turned out opportunities elsewhere under the assumption or the or the understanding more more accurately that he would be the heir apparent to Bill Belichick. So why is there a situation? They didn't anticipate that Mike Vrabel would be available. You know, they, right. they didn't know that Vrabel. They didn't know that Vrabel. Oh, oh wait, hold up. <laughs> you know, got you know it even do? longer. Got got it. Got it. Won three championships with us. You know, it's, I would say I would say sucks, focus. But and I mean, say, you know, that's my guy. I'd say if I said males, the guy males, the guy. What's the meme? What's the meme with the guy walking down the street with the girl? So it's Patriots. Oh, yeah. Gerard Mayo, yeah. you know, turn around, Mike Vrabel, like, yeah. you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, but wait, but this relationship here, let's get into that real quick. The, the Rand Carthen, um, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee relationship. I said it off the top yeah. real quick, but just to, as we wrap up this conversation, I, they, they didn't come up together. They don't have history, but I, I, I felt like from what I know about Rand Carthen and, and from as well as I think I know Rand Carthen, I don't never got the impression that Mike Vrabel gave him a problem or that Mike Vrabel was a problem for him or that he couldn't manage Mike Vrabel. You know what I mean? That he could not get along with Mike Vrabel, couldn't work and be successful with Mike Vrabel. Can't speak to whether Mike Vrabel was feeling Rand Carthen or not. Um, it's just disappointing because I think they're both good at their jobs. Rand Carthen is going to be a great GM. Mike Vrabel is a highly regarded head coach. I don't think you got to be best friends to work well together. I felt like they could have. Nope. Nope. I felt like they could have worked. They could have. They could have or should have. And I wish they would have found a way to make it work. We'll see who the Titans end up with. But that's a good coach. Good GM. What's the problem? Only Miss Amy knows. Yeah. Yeah. You know that. You know that as you're you're a creator man. You're a creative guy. You are a content creator producer and you just know you can't just put two talented people together and say, okay, go lights, yeah. lights, camera, action, yeah. go, just go do your thing. Yeah. Like two, two, like funny people, two smart people, two incredible people may come yeah. together and it may not click. It's just right. one of those things. That's the beautiful you, you, thing. You can't, you, you can't put, you can't put Cat Williams and, 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 uh, Steve Harvey on the same show. It does just oh. stack our work. You know what I mean? And, and, or, <laughs> or you can't put Cat Williams and Kevin Hart in the same hallway. Because according to Cat, 25 years. Boy, 25 boy, years, boy. he just avoids. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, got a, got some coaching news that just crossed. Got some coaching news that just yep. crossed. How, how you feel about this? Because you... Uh, you had a cup of coffee in this here town. Cup of coffee. Uh, Quick, uh, I didn't finish the cup. Didn't finish. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised because they played well down the stretch, but there was a lot of talk about whether or not, especially with this coaching free agent class, the Bears were going a different direction. So they're officially keeping Matt Eberflus uh, after quote unquote extensive me- <laughs> extensive meetings. <laughs> is that, is, I just. Bears gonna bear. That's what your face no, says. Not, your face says bears bear. gonna bear. Oh no! It's what not a bear. It? It's it's not even a bear oh, thing. Okay. It's a. What is it? This tells me about Eber Eberflus, man. I know. Look, I, I shouldn't count anybody else's money. I shouldn't make decisions for other people. But I just tell. I just know how it works. And if you lose one coordinator, okay, that happens. 
if both coordinators are out and you stay, you probably didn't make that decision or you made that yeah. decision to save your own job. I just don't respect yeah, I don't Getsy, respect it. I just Luke gotta Getsy's say I have no respect yeah, Luke, for it. I don't respect Luke Getsy's it. Getsy's you gone should as well, either yeah. keep him or you you bounce with him. Like no, I'm 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 out. I'm out. Look, my my the great, the late great Marty Schottenheimer did that same thing. That's how he left the Browns. He left the Browns back in the day. Art Modell was like, hey, I want you to change this coordinator. I want you to do that. He was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing I'm not going to blow up my entire staff. Now, if you don't like the way the operation is going, you should just say, hey, I'm in charge of it. I'm accountable for the operation. If you don't like that, I think you're probably saying I need to go. And that's how they left. He went to Kansas City, had a great career. Go ahead. That Eberflus, I know nobody's checking for you if you leave the, the Bears job. So uh, I know money's involved. But I just think I, it just it just lets me know. That's eh, it, not a guy I would want to work with because when things get tough and things will get tough, you need somebody who's going to have your back. Somebody who's going to stand on principle. So, well, I mean, beyond that, and again, you know, I'm glad you like the phrase and we're going to keep repeating it. Everybody's interim. It's like if if you're keeping him under these circumstances, like the offensive coordinator's gone, you're already looking for a defensive coordinator. Like whoever takes both of these jobs and moves their families to Chicago if, if they have to move, uh, knows that Iberflus is on a hot seat next year. Not that anybody's not always on a hot seat in the Windy City, as you know. But like yeah, but it's hot, this the hottest, right? It's like it's already. already it's already, already hanging by a thread. It's already hanging by a thread. So, but I want to stay in Chicago though, because this is an inflection point for the Chicago Bears. This is, this is a monumental opportunity ahead of them. They have the number one pick in a very deep draft, uh, full of stars at the top, at the quarterback position. Um, it's interesting how the tables have turned when it comes to Justin Fields, who they were trying to run out of town. Now it feels like the, it's getting louder and louder in support of Justin Fields, uh, led by DJ Moore. But I mean, they were chanting Justin Fields' name in uh, the second to last game. I want to say it was. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, Caleb Williams is there. Drake May is there. Um, how should the Bears play this? Because they could also like make that Panthers number one pick the gift that keeps on giving. Let's quickly franchise mode the Chicago Bears. So you're not, yeah. so you, you're, you're like, like you're, you're getting new coordinators. You're keeping the head coach in place. As you sit here right here and right now, are you keeping Justin Fields drafted Marvin Harrison Jr. one overall, keeping Justin Fields trading down from the number one pick? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and getting more at that. That's the one. So, you, so you're, not, you're, not because you're not resetting. You're not resetting the quarterback contract with a Caleb Williams. No. At number nope. one. Nope. That's right. my guy. All right. I'm sticking yeah. with Justin Fields. And I want to bring in. Hey, look, I tell you, a, a guy who he did the best he could with a limited, uh, you know, with, with limited resources. But I think he's available now. And his team has a, his old team has a number two pick. I think Eric Bienemy is out. Is Eric Bienemy out? I know Rivera's out. Is Bienemy out too? With the commander? I don't know that he's been fired. I don't know that he's been fired. Okay. I, honestly, because that's and I, I, I can't tell you what for I would sure, like to I also do. have not. I also have not seen anything that suggests like, oh, they're all free to interview for other jobs. That might be yeah. the case. I may have just not seen it. But you know, a lot of times when the head coach is fired 
and everybody's still on the contract. Hey, go ahead and look for other jobs. But that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not sure. I would I would bring in. Okay, now this is a. I, I, I have two ideas, and this, and one of them that they they both have their layers of irony. So I'd go to the team with a, a second pick in the draft, the Washington Commanders. Y'all need a quarterback. And the price from two to one is very is high historically. To go up that one slot is high. It's gonna cost you just to go up from two to one, and it, with a uh, with a quarterback like Caleb Williams available. I'm 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 expecting at least a first rounder back and other goodies. Because that's what it takes. So I'm going to go to the Commanders. You interested? If the commanders ain't interested. I'm going to the Patriots. I know y'all need a quarterback at three, three yeah. to one. Uh, I'll do that. But I'm also looking to bring in an offensive coordinator. I'm looking to bring in Eric Bieniemy to work with Justin Fields. And if not, if not Bieniemy, Josh McDaniels, who actually hired Eberflus when he was briefly, you want to talk about a cup of coffee, when, when McDaniels was briefly the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, had agreed to the deal, Eberflus was part of that staff. So turn yeah. it around as D coordinator. So now Eberflus head coach bring in Josh McDaniels to work with Justin Fields. And I'm going to trade down to two or three, and I'm grabbing, uh, I'm grabbing uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Either Harrison Jr. or a tackle. What I'm, not, I like I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not in the quarterback market. Well, what I like about the way Ryan Pohl seems to be approaching this, if he does stay the course with Justin Fields, is building a roster and an infrastructure that sets whatever the, whoever the quarterback is up for success. Because for, like, look, Justin Fields is not without his flaws. But to say that he's always had talent around him, to say that he's always been in a position to succeed, whether it's schematically or from a you know, supporting cast standpoint would be false. And so go, going back to us franchise mode in the Bears and hmm, wonder if, wonder if, what uh, would you do? Right up the dust off the old PS5 here. No, I mean, the, the idea of trading down and letting this, like, just keep, keep flipping it, you know, and keep and letting yeah. that number one pick from last year just keep great assets. Uh, uh, yeah, just keep, uh, you know, delivering returns. You know, I just keep flipping it and flipping it. Is very is very intriguing, um, yeah. I, I would probably trade down I, if I could. It takes two to tango. If I could, I would try. I would, I would trade down and just get more and more picks, and just ha- and have that thing, you know, appreciate with value. You know what I mean? Like guns and butter. <laughs> you know, like I would, I would have to appreciate with some value. Right. Um, yeah, I would. I would probably trade down. I'm, I'm with you. I would, I would keep Justin Fields because I still think his best football is ahead of him. And Mike, they have another pick too. Yeah, you know. Besides oh, by the way, their own, pick. their own, their own pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they play good football so down the stretch. I said it about Eberflus. Maybe Eberflus, you know, uh, you know, isn't, you know, maybe he's not uh, George Hallis. I don't know. Maybe he's not Mike Dicker. And, and and maybe plenty of people would love to have seen Jim Harbaugh come home. We talked about Vrabel coming home, seeing Jim Harbaugh coming home, or or, or another a sexier coach. But that team. Especially on defense, really played well down the stretch. Uh, I like that team. Showed a lot of improvement. Yeah, I, li- I like. What I like had. that team. All right, um, one more coaching headline we'll get to before we take a break. Eight years, one hundred and twenty million dollars in this economy. Mm. And the only reason I say in this economy <laughs> in is this because, economy. like you know, like no, because because coaches, man, like it's just especially in the, if NFL coaches think they got it bad. 
in the NBA, man, now, now, bro. Like, I mean, <laughs> one full one day you're here, next day you're gone in the NBA. I can't think of a better coach to spend $120 million over eight years on an air exposure. I and it ain't to me, it ain't even much debate. This is just like, here's your money, here's your flowers. I'm old enough to remember LeBron James bumping him, going to the bench. Heat culture. I know it starts with Pat Riley. I know it's Wade County, but this dude to come from the video guy, come up under Pat Riley and become the coach that he's been. He he takes a backseat to no none of his contemporaries, none of his contemporaries. He's already in an exclusive club in terms of winning multiple championships in NBA history. It's not not that club ain't that big. They got you know it ain't, right. it ain't jam packed. You know it ain't, they ain't even a VIP in that club. Like it's like there's plenty of room to walk around that club. Spo exactly. You, you almost yeah. It's, it's, it's not a club. You, you see the same old people, though. It's one of those clubs you, you're kind of yeah. glad you're in, but you know what to expect because you see the same yeah. old people in there. Uh, the way he so, develops players, the way the, 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 the way he coaches circles around, the way he coaches circles around most of the opposition. Every time the the, 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 the Heat are in a playoff series, the first X factor people point to is like, ah, the other guy, whoever it is, about to get coached, about to get circles coached around him by spoke. Yeah, and he's the I'm glad you mentioned he culture. He's the embodiment of it. Now he's the embodiment and the continuation of it. Yeah, it started with Pat Riley, but Riley uh, he's there with the franchise and their cameras always find him sitting there with Zoe because both of them sitting there arms folded, not talking, just checking it out. But day to day with the players setting the uh, setting the tone for daily operations is Eric Spolstra. And I, I just, I'm, I'm glad it's a reward for a guy who started with the heat when he's in his early 20s. So it, it really is, when I say it's the embodiment, it's everything that heat culture is about. You start, you work your way up, you're grinding right there in the film room. Different era of film room. Nobody even knows how to work that equipment actual, anymore. Actual film. <laughs> yes. And he's uh. And also, what I like about him, like his dad is part of the NBA too, so he comes from a basketball family, but was not really handed anything, and just kind of worked his way up into the coaching staff, then taking over the spot, got the support of Riley and the respect of Riley, which is huge. It's a guy who didn't play in the league, and people still look at his intellect and look at uh, his insight. He's got great insight into the game, and they give him his props, so good for him. Uh, I'm glad to see he got that $120 million contract. It's good for him and good for all coaches because if that's the ceiling, everybody else is like, okay, I ain't asking for 120, but you can break me off 100. You can break me off 90. You got Monty got that and and Spolster got that. Let's let's talk and redo this contract. Good Good for Spo and good for the whole coaching profession. All right, uh, let's pay some bills, take a quick break, and um, let's talk about some people who are doing a lot of talking and saying a lot of nothing. In some cases, mm. they're telling lies, but all lies will be exposed. <laughs> all lies. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed will be exposed in 2024. Hey, Natalie, how are you? Nice to see you. Been a long Natalie. time. Natalie. Happy what New up? Year, Michaels. Can I still say Happy New Year like this? Andre yeah, you can okay. uh, for like one more day. No, okay. <laughs> Michael, no. Yeah. I, I, one more day. <laughs> Look, you're lucky. You're lucky to get a Happy New Year from me on. We talked about this. You're lucky to get a Happy New Year from me on January <laughs> on 1st. Day. Like it's understood. Just you know, like, how about this? From now, until perpetuity, everybody, happy new year no. for every year you get to see moving forward from Michael Smith, okay? There no. you go. But no, that's so not, I, I think, taking it for so I, you're taking it for granted. I mean, Natalie, you're January so 11th. No, I'm not at all. No, this yeah. is the opposite of extra. This is, I'm removing something. <laughs> no, this is less. This is do less. Anyway, talking about extra, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Because Natalie... You are, um, and Michael, you too, but I'm saying this to Natalie since I'm seeing it for the first time in the new year. Um, you are a, a great um, uh, detector of bullshit. Um, and there's just been a lot of it flying these days in these media streets. And it's one of the reasons why, and Michael and I, we haven't even really talked about it in depth. You know, it, it, it's, it, it, happened, it came out last week. Uh, uh, the, the, the aftershocks are still being felt of the explosive conversation that Cat Williams had with Shannon Sharp. Um, but the reason why I know it's so fascinating for me, guys, um, is because it was like it was needed in this moment. Like, I don't know. I think there was a lot of cap when it came to Cat's uh, personal abilities. I don't know what's true and what's not as it relates to, you know, <laughs> everything that was going on in Hollywood. But for me, it was more like, hey, I love listening to this man talk, number one. I love listening to him talk. I can listen to him talk for hours. I would visit, yeah. if not join his church <laughs> or stream it online. <laughs> the dude is, he is captivating. But beyond that, Natalie, I love somebody who has put in the work who has grinded, who there has it not taken shortcuts, decide, you know what I'm, and I'm not, and this is not me taking a shot at anybody else. I'm talking about his truth. Decide, I'm not going to sit up here and just let people lie. I'm not going to sit up yeah. here anymore and just let people, like, speak falsehoods as fact. Like, enough of it. And I would add several people in media right now are doing this and getting away with it because Natalie, the thing that scared the crap out of me is like, how much are people just going on? Because everybody got a podcast. Yeah. How much are people just yeah. going on all these podcasts and these platforms and these shows spewing lies and nobody's checking them on it? Like Cat Williams 
what did us a public service, regardless of where the truth, uh, you know, begins and ends. It was a public service to watch somebody say, hold on. That didn't happen. And I'm about to set the record straight. There needs to be more. I wrote the record character. set straight. I told you what clothes he was going to wear and how he it was, was going to talk and what color was going to be. I wrote the character. I, he doesn't write, though. He doesn't Cause, write. Because, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie, even, Natalie, even in your own life, how much have you just let stuff go or how much have we just let go? Even if we don't realize we're letting it go. I'll stop rambling. Go ahead, Natalie. This is your thoughts on the aftermath of Cat Williams. <laughs> well, no. This, this I- new age... Yeah, I mean, I thought, I just thought it was funny, you know, I, like to watch it, to listen to it, everything he was saying. And like you, I did appreciate him wanting to call bullshit on what was said, though. I agree. There was a lot of capping coming from him. So it's funny to watch you call cap on others while you do it. Or at least I think you were doing some of it yourself. But um, I am someone who likes to check people. I don't like things to go unchecked, right? Sometimes not to people's liking. Like, I like that he did that. And another thing I really liked about it, um, David Dennis Jr. had like a really, really um, great piece that he did for um, Anscape. But the fact that he was like going at his fellow comedians and other people in Hollywood and, and, and going at them, because a lot of times I feel like they look out for each other. Friends look out for each other. They don't say anything. And it's like kind of what they do to protect each other. And he doesn't care about protecting. He doesn't care about being ostracized. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to say what I have to say. And he protects the people who he thinks are real ones, right? He spoke up for Bernie Mac. He spoke up for others. I like what he said about Taraji because I haven't heard that many people, not that weren't like other women speaking up for her. So he, he hit a lot of things that I haven't seen other men with his fame, with his um, platform do. And I really appreciated that in the moment. So some of those things about it I loved. And then I just, I loved all the different reactions we got to it, all the responses, whether it was in the post itself, whether it was rap bars from Luda to respond. Like every, like he has like everybody just scrambling to put together some kind of response. And the fact that he knows his power, the fact that when he's on the show, he's saying, um, oh no, you're gonna get Oprah next after this. Cause Shay was scared. Like, yeah. like Shannon was like, he was a little shook it. He was like, oh man, I don't yeah, know if I'm gonna have to show after this. Yeah. He said, he, he said he's gonna be canceled. And Kat was like, nah, it's the opposite. Exactly. It's the opposite. So, this is gonna be the greatest one. I love it. Right. Uh, he's a, uh, I like, I am a pro black non racist. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, but here's the thing. And Mike, we know this. Like he spoke to some. This is why it's, it's it's hitting on so many levels. As Natalie said, one, it's funny. He's just funny. He's fun. He's funny sounding. Yes. He's got funny <laughs> content. He just got He's great timing. The great story. But also, yeah. and Mike, we've had this conversation. He articulated some things that we have talked about with each other, but we haven't really gone full out in our industry when he was so insistent on people who write, who, as he said, construct words for a living. And he wanted to call out the people who, who write, who have done, who've been on the grind, who are all about the craft. He knows all comedians, as he said. He has really studied comedians who are good at what they do. And some of the people who are promoted without putting the work in or without having the talent, 
without doing original work, it's, it's hard for him to respect. And he's kind of aghast that these people are getting their flowers. So I'm with you. We know we've had this conversation, Mike. You know we have. So I'm all for it. You are, if you are about the craft and you're serious about it, you have my respect, yeah. whether you're a comedian well, or journalist or, or a lawyer or anyone else. And thank you for that, because I think even though the conversation was specific to Hollywood and comedy, it was universal. It was universal because it's like, you know, somebody who has put in the work that he has and who studied the craft the way that he has. Like, I hope, and for me, that was the best part. Like it, the best part of the conversation for me was not the drama. It was not the gossip. It was not the name dropping or the name checking or, you know, mm. no, it was, it was not. That, that not was not you. the best part. I, I, I didn't say, I it didn't was, say it that wasn't was part of it. Fascinating. It was entertaining. To me, <laughs> but right. But the, be, the best part was, was a peek into his genius, whether or not he read 3000 books a year at age eight or not. The peek into his genius. I did the math. Like, for no. example, he did not. Nah. He did not. Nah. Or the encyclopedias. Was, guys, Come on. That, guys, that was that was tu- that was tongue in cheek. That was tongue in cheek. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm delivering. That's eight. That's eight books a day. Like, uh, like, I was like, I'm just like, you know, like, you know, why, 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 why you were a football star? While you were, <laughs> while you were hustling, it's like he has different hours in the day than we do. Like, okay, <laughs> but anyway. No, what I'm saying is it's like there was one moment that I love because I love I love process. I love people's process. I love a, a look into how they think and how they're wired. There was one moment in particular that I loved among several, but one that immediately comes to mind was when he when uh, they talked about the Internet and they talked about, you know, uh, popularity that comes from the Internet. He was like, no, it's actually the worst thing because, you know, if I'm telling a joke, and I'm telling it for our East Coast audience and then a Midwest audience and then a down South audience. That joke is being crafted and worked on. It's being sharpened. And then it becomes like it was just like his 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 over just his thought process or studying everybody else that he was going up against in an audition saying, I know I'm funnier than this person. Counting the laughs, the, you know, crossing, like, and crossing them off the like, list, too. That that was fascinating. He had so many he had for all the mess and, 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 and the messy New, uh, messy headlines that came out of this. There were so many messages that are universal, both to life and whatever For arena sure. you're in when it comes to work ethic. Like what you cannot say enough about with this guy is that he has worked, and that's why he's st- he is literally standing on business because he has handled his business and he has worked to get to where he is. And when he sees people that, like you said, Michael, that that he does not think have done the work. Or because he's done the work, he's an authority on what it takes to be good right. at this, man. So it was, it was just such a there was there was so much more substance beyond the salaciousness is what I'm getting at that I hope people didn't miss, Natalie. Yeah, I hope I hope people uh, yeah, and people uh, who are not in his weight class hope they don't kind of try to come at him <laughs> as he said, "You ain't in my weight class." Like, like, and, or, or how about like going off and like, "Hey, you." Hey, Shannon, you, you missed it. My job, my number one job is to be funny. <laughs> so even when I'm checking somebody, I need to be funny. And he was. He was very funny. But as Mike said, the, the message is universal. No question. Yeah. I mean, I do think there was a lot of deeper messages in there. So I agree with that. I don't know 
if that was the takeaway. I mean, I think it's fascinating. I think this is why... For me, is, it was. I think, right. I think this is why this interview is going to keep being talked about for a while. You know, I think one of the, the, the kind of storylines I saw out of it that was not specifically about the actual substance, but kind of about the way the interview was handled, right? There was, like, some criticism of Shannon saying he was out of his depth, all of these different things. And I think that's sort of fascinating because... I don't know that he's out of his depth. I, I thought it was unexpected. And both of you have a lot more experience than me. So I'm curious what you thought. Because, like, if you get... Of Shannon? An, well, no, just, like, if you get an interview like that where someone comes on and, like, you're not expecting them to, like, come and unload the clip like that, and then they do, how do you, how do you handle it in that moment? Um, is it an opportunity for, like, a follow-up? It has 40 million views right now, right? And it's, it, it's still going. So A lot of them coming from me. <laughs> yeah, you said you That's watched right. it twice. So, like, do you just leave Three it as it now. is? Do you just leave it as it is and let the people so, keep talking? Or do you do something with it? Okay, we could have this conversation. I hope we can have this conversation without anybody perceiving it as, as us hating. You know what I mean? Because it's like... I genuinely so, want right, to know. I'm curious. Yeah, okay, good. All right, so going back to what I said a second ago... Part of the reason I have those takeaways is because I watched it two, three times, and after after you get past the the PDD, the PDD or the TD Jakes, uh, you know, or you know, I, I had two goals in Hollywood. You, you know, like once you get past all that, you start to kind of hear him. It becomes like oh, okay, like you like. So I feel like I've studied this interview from both sides because you know how grammar nerds like us we look at billboards. And we see misspellings or we look at lower thirds or see misspellings like, ah, like, you know, there's a comma missing. So when I watch an interview like this several times, absolutely, I've watched it from Shannon's perspective. I have a lot of respect for what Shannon has done. I'll say this. Shannon Sharp is probably as good an interviewer as I am a football player. Now, he's not alone in that. He's not alone. I'm saying that. That sounds harsh. He's not alone. Shannon Sharp sounds like me when I was younger interviewing. Like, there are a lot of people who are bad interviewers, and they don't know it. They don't know that they're bad, okay? So Shannon Sharp literally does not know what he's doing when it comes to interviewing. He's not as prepared as he thinks he is, and he's not, he has not yet learned to be an active listener and to follow up appropriately, appropriately. That's an art and a science when it comes to interviewing that I have studied and taught, that Michael Holly has studied and taught that we have done for 20 years. Okay. So to look at, so to look at Shannon Sharp and critique his interview from the way that I would do it and I have done it or people who know what they're doing has done it. Like, just like Shannon has forgotten more football than I'll ever know. This is the inverse. This is my lane. This is Michael's lane. This is journalism. Having said all of that, Shannon Sharp has built I, I, you know, at the risk of exaggeration, uh, an empire, a minimum yeah. a brand, a minimum a brand that Great. made Cat Williams not only seek him out to have this conversation, but comfortable enough. You know, Cat Williams would, would probably, you know, not that he needs anybody to make him comfortable. He's who he is wherever. But Cat Williams trusted and respected Shannon enough to deliver this on his platform. And so regardless of the technical aspects of Shannon Sharp's interviewing skills, you cannot argue with the results. You cannot argue with what this man has accomplished in this in an arena that is not, he didn't go to school for this like we did. 
So him, yeah. him getting 40 million views with Cat Williams would be the equivalent of me deciding I'm going to go play in the NFL right now and, I, and, and be successful at it. So was it, did, was, 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 did, he, did he fumble when it came to interviewing? Absolutely. Is that his ministry? No, not yet. He can get, he stay, he can get better at it. But for him to get this and, and all the other people that he's had come on his show and for him to build the brand and the reputation that he has as a second act cannot be commended enough. So I hope, Michael, I hope I, I, that made sense that I, both things can be true. That, it wasn't a great sense. interview, but it was still I agree effective. With some, I, I, agree, I agree with some of it, and I, and I disagree with what you said, too. I think it Which was, part? well, I think it was successful. I think I think I think he did a I think he did a good job. I didn't say it wasn't. I think he did it. I think he did a good job because of what it is. And you've heard and you've you, you speaking of somebody who's taught it. Okay, I'm going to quote the professor. We'll quote you. Mm-hmm. You said to your students, there are interviews and there are conversations. An interview mm-hmm. is not necessarily a conversation. This was That's a conversation. This is a conversation with interview elements. And so he exact he got exactly what he wanted. In most interviews, you're not sitting there chilling, drinking, okay, having a good time, right. you know, referencing That's some exactly things right. that the audience referencing things you're that the exactly audience right. knows and referencing you're things exactly that the audience right. doesn't know. So exactly this was right. for the format, for the format he did he crushed it. He knocked I mean, this was this was three <laughs> This was three touchdowns. This was four touchdowns in the game. I mean, it was unbelievable what you can't, what you can't he was looking for. He got no 100% for for who he is for what the platform is for who his guest is what his guests wanted to get off. It was obviously a success. I never said just like you never heard me say I, you never heard me say I want anything. I was the one leaving the house like I never said it was not yeah. successful and again. That's why that's why I prefaced it by saying, can we have this conversation without without being accused of being a hater? Because I'm happy for Shannon Sharp. I pull for Shannon. Yeah, Sharp. Yeah, where nobody's hating. Congratulations here. to this him. This is all right. love. All love. I, I, th- this is a passion. Okay, you want to talk about the craft? I treat interviewing the same way Cat Williams treats um, comedy. Okay, and so I'm very serious about that craft. The same reason that Cat felt the need to set the record straight when it came to previous guests and what they said. We're all talking about what Cat Williams said. A, a skilled and experienced interviewer or conversationalist follows up differently, has different questions. Like, so, yes, there was, a, and this is why, this is why so many people in this industry don't know what they don't know. And I'm talking about trained journalists, and I was one yeah, of them. Yeah. Don't know what they don't know about interviewing because we look at the results and we don't know what you could have gotten out of the conversation or the interview. Yeah. Had you got a bunch better, but it could, more strategic, it could have been, been even more. Right. So right. as brilliant and, as Cat Williams was, in many situations, he was brilliant in spite of the prompts or the questions or the comments, because there were infinite amount of times where he had to correct, confirm, or deny, or clarify something that was said, not what was asked, but something that was said. This right. is this and is this Natalie, is interviewing I want you to, one. Natalie, let me just say this quick. Now I'll just go right to you, just very yeah. quickly. Yeah, no, of I'll course. interject to what what Michael said. Okay, late in the interview, remember where he's talking about all these kids. You know, you hey, yeah, you've adopted seven kids and all this stuff. And he said, uh, uh, Shannon did. Hey, you ever gonna get married, Cat? But he he kind of threw it out there, and he kept going. So, Cat was listening, 
He said, hey, hey, Kat, I never asked you about marriage. He said, you don't. Well, play the tape back. You sure did. Yeah. I didn't answer it. Right. So, I mean, he was doing both. He was storyteller because, Mike, you know this. You want to get the interviewer in storytelling mode. He was in storytelling mode because that's who he is. Mm -hmm. But he also was listening to what was being asked of him. So he's he's a brilliant guy. He's a brilliant guy. My my takeaway is I watched. I've slept on. I've slept on Cat Williams too much. He's a brilliant. Oh, same. Yeah. And the reason. The reason I asked, I really wasn't trying to like go at Shannon. I didn't think that you guys are either. No, it no, was, no, no. It, yeah. it was because I like I'm hearing both sides, and I'm like, on one hand, if you ask more questions, and there were definitely some follow up that could have been asked, you don't know what you could have got it could have gotten. But at the same time, you could have missed out on stuff because like he was just like on a flow, and he knew what he wanted to get out, and he knew he what he wanted to say. And I wonder if you would have missed some of what did come out um, if you that's did fair. that. So that that's the part where like I'm back and forth. Like I I see both sides, and um, I was just really curious what you both thought yeah, because it, it, you both have been doing this be for so or. long. It doesn't have to be either or. Like you could you would have he would have gotten what he got and more. Not exactly the same because some of it was prompted by whatever Shannon said. Right. Kat responded, but like there, you, there are there are ways to there are ways to follow up without taking them off the track that they're on. But having said right. all that, I do want to get to one other subject with you, Natalie, with the time sure. we got left, if you don't mind. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Because I would love for somebody to, I, speaking of Cap, okay, <laughs> your boy is so full of it right now. My I hope. almost don't, yeah. your, your, your boy, your Who's boy, boy? There, there are, there, there are two people right. in sports, there are two people Something in sports right. that I'm trying to ignore. One is the Jets quarterback. I, like, talking about just people just getting on television, just, just spewing bullshit, There's, that's an example. And then... You know, I just don't want to hear, first of all, the whole program that he had to go through as if acting a fool on the court. Like, we ain't even talked about this now. I haven't talked about you, talked to you since, since Draymond was suspended. The idea that it was more, like, you were just acting an ass. You were just acting a fool. Like, you're not going to tell me that every NBA player don't have something going on in their lives, and yet they ain't all choking people out or punching them in the face, okay? So, like, that just felt so... I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but that infuriated me the way he was being treated as though there was something else going on other than he was just acting a fool. But then he comes back right. and says, oh, this is, I, I, I was going to retire because this is too much for me. What's too much for you? 
You're like, that was so rich. Literally, you weren't walking away from $80 million or whatever it is he owed on his contract. Right. Okay. Secondly, it's becoming too much for me. You are becoming too much for you. You mean like, what are you talking about? Like, there's just so, like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> you know, you, you hauled off and punched somebody. You choked somebody out. Like, I'm just so over Draymond Green. I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm done with your boy. I'm done with him. I tried to respect him. I tried to respect what he's accomplished. He's a Hall of Fame player. He's one of the best defensive players ah. of all time. All of those things. Ah. But, but like, in terms of just like his credibility at this point, he has none in my mind, Natalie. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, like, he's not my boy. That was a lot. <laughs> no, no, he's not my oh, boy. Sorry. Like the the Warriors are my squad. He just happens, he just happens he, to play for your he, team. He plays on the team corrected. that I support I and cover. Corrected. But no, 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 I he's not corrected. my boy. I don't know the man okay. personally, and I too yeah. am over Draymond, right? And if you've been following any of my tweets on Twitter, I can't tell you the number of people. I'm in not the, on. I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of people <laughs> in, who have texted me around the Warriors, in media, like, please keep the tweets up. Because I just, I don't have time for it anymore. You know, I I have been over Draymond Green since he punched Jordan Poole. Um, That was the line for me, right? You can find years of my tweets defending many of his actions, but the line was crossed with Jordan Poole. I do somewhat, I think, Mike, know your thoughts a little bit on, like, how a lot of that stuff was being framed, because I remember some of your feed items from before. And we did talk about the Draymond stuff. I I might disagree a little bit because I didn't like the mental health conversations that were going like the way people were talking, because a lot of people were like, there's nothing wrong with him. And like they were framing like the reasons to go to mental health is like he he doesn't abuse anyone. He doesn't do that. And I'm like, that's not the reason you need to go to therapy. So, yeah, that's two separate things. So, right. But a lot of a lot of a lot of it was nothing is wrong with Draymond. And I I didn't like that talk like Shaq said it because like you're actually not qualified to say that. Like the reason you go to therapy is it is for things like anger management. It is for like managing your emotions. It's for all of these different things. And I don't know what is wrong with Draymond. I'm not a qualified therapist to do that, but I actually do think he needed to go to therapy. I do think he needs help. And so I think that was a good thing. And I didn't have a problem um, with that, what I did have a problem with is that I th- I thought it felt performative. I thought I don't Thank think the you. league yes. I don't I don't think That's the league it. really cares about helping Draymond. I don't think that these things really matter. I think they just have to do this this no time like you know a indefinite suspension. We're taking these steps because so many people are so frustrated by him. They wanted to make it appear more serious. So that was why I sort of was like rolling my eyes. But I just didn't like the corresponding conversation that was happening about therapy because I thought it was mischaracterized, mischaracterizing the reasons why people should go to therapy and why it's helpful. I know you want to say something, Mike. So let me that that's just the first. No, part. no, no, not not. Uh, no, no, yeah, I meant I meant Smith. But oh, with res- you with actually res- met Mike. Yeah, yes. you actually called him Mike. Thank you. <laughs> yes. But with respect. My name's Michael. By the way, hey, yes. everybody, my name's Michael. Yes. I'm Michael. He's That's Michael. Mike. Okay. Michael Holly, anyway. Mike Smith. But with respect all right. to now, all of this stuff, now him coming back, I don't know the number of time I rolled my eyes yesterday. Like, with all due respect, I don't want to hear about you and Steve Kerr crying. I don't want to hear leopards don't change their spots. The word of the day yesterday was antics. 
right? Like the antics, I'm going to cut out the antics, whatever. There was this big focus on he's not going to really go over to the refs. He's going to stay out of the refs' airs. Really, Steve Kerr? This is the first time in all his years being here that you guys have told him to stop that. And then all of his responses to the questions, they were like basically what – Many often give Draymond the thing to do, like just ask him a generic question. He gets off this narrative he wants to tell. And there's not like a follow up. There's not like like what did you go to therapy, Draymond? What was it for? Like he may not be able to disclose that or want to, but I want to know those kinds of things. I don't want to hear the same apologies, the I'm taking accountability because accountability isn't just saying I take accountability or apologizing. It's it's change. Your actions have to change. And all I've heard from Draymond is I'm not going to do this again. I've hurt the team too much. I've done this. And then he goes back and does the same thing. He was asked if he's hurt Steph Curry's prime, if he's wasted it. And he gave this long, convoluted answer. My brother, the answer is yes. It's yes. You fuck. You, you, you've hurt his prime. So, so it, it just was too much. I don't want to hear from we, Draymond. I want to see action. That's it. We're, I, we're taping this now. You can let him fly. I, you heard me let him fly the other day. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm saying my my naysayer. I just I just want to hear my naysayer. I just I just yes yes because I can't. I just want to hear. I just want to see the action. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear nothing. So a couple of quick things. We've talked about the stigma around mental health and therapy. It's the same as going to the doctor. You ain't got to be sick to go to the doctor. It's maintenance. It, you should, it's, yes. you don't, nothing has to be wrong with you for going to therapy. So there's that. My problem with it with Draymond is that if he needed help or anger management, he needed it 10 years ago. He's been this guy. For sure. He's been kicking people his entire career. He's been, he's been, these antics have been a part of who he's been his entire career. Now he's just old and not as good. Okay. He's been the same guy that he was with TNT and, 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 and the volume and everybody made him this media star. He is the same guy. And I refuse to believe that Draymond Green is the only person going through things. I refuse to believe that Draymond Green is the only person managing things. He's the only one punching people. He's the only one choking people out. Like Draymond Green is just being Draymond Green. So his problem, quote unquote, is that he's Draymond Green. And so what I have a problem with with mental health is when it's used as an excuse and as a crutch, not, 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 as, not as an actual form of rehabilitation, to your point, Natalie. So the performative word was, was a great one to use on the part of the NBA. But my, my issue is it's like, just because when somebody acts out, oh, you need to go to therapy or, 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 he, or he needs help. No, he's just being an ass. Everything, everything ain't a diagnosis. Everything is not a condition. And it's some, a lot of things are, yo, you just are out of pocket. Full stop. And that was my issue with Draymond, the idea that it was anything other than him just being the same person he's been, and he's gotten away with it for far too long. Now all of a sudden people are like, oh, you know, now you crossed the line. He's been this habitual line stepper. Yes. Can I point out? Can I point something out? This is all I'm going to say. I thought you were ignoring him. <laughs> no, 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 because that, no, but, I'm, but that I'm doesn't not mean, Natalie. but that doesn't but I'm mean, not ignoring Natalie. But Mike, I'm not ignoring about, Natalie. But Mike, that doesn't I'm mean, not, I'm not ignoring Natalie, but that, Natalie, I'm not, but Natalie that doesn't, made, hold on, Natalie, hold on, Natalie, Natalie okay. made strong points about the conversation yeah. around mental health, which is bigger than Draymond Green. So that, so that, right. so that's why I had so much 
passionate about. But go ahead, Natalie. Okay. I'm just saying it doesn't mean that all those things have been wrong with Draymond. That's all true. That doesn't mean that a therapist can't help him now through it, right? Like whether you feel like you've diagnosed him and you know the problem, my my point no, is I that know. Right, I'm just saying, anyone, right? Because I hear a lot of people say, like, this is just all what it is. And what I'm saying is there's things you could have done your entire life that doesn't mean that you can't at any stage start to correct them and be better. But I do think he needs a professional to help him with that. I, and, and if he's serious about the process, and that's we what I don't know. We all need that. Right, and we I don't know if he is. That. But if he's serious we about all, the process, then I think it's good. We all need mental health Correct. Therapy. Correct. And treatment. Correct. Everybody does. You yeah. know, you but know, that's my, my mantra. But, but my <laughs> guy, my guy is doing stuff that nobody else in the league does. Nobody that's why else he does needs, what he that's does. That's why he needs help. <laughs> no, he needs to, he needs to just go, go. He needs to just go away. Maybe he should have retired. Just go. Maybe he should have retired. He was. Just go away. No, I'm, I'm sorry. We know that like, was Cat. I just don't like talking to me out of it. Was. I just don't like people. I don't like people falling on that. You know, it just it just Fair. feels like like because it Thanks, avoids Adam. accountability. Fair it enough. Pa- it to, it, pa- it passes the buck to something else as opposed to just no. You're in control of your own actions. I hear you. I don't know why Adam people. Silver, I don't I know why you. people lie. Why do people choose to lie? I don't know why right. people lie. <laughs> you said, "Hey, you said that the first time." <laughs> You said that the first time, and now you said she needs to think. Now you, she's thinking like a man too, huh? Yeah, yeah. You said that the first time. <laughs> oh, that was tight. That was good. That was so good. <laughs> oh man, no, that was man. rolling. All right, that was rolling. Hey, now it's, time. Th- it's, it's good to see you. Thank you. Likewise. You know, I'm, I, Thank yeah, you, Matt. I just, I just, I, I had that on my mind for a while. Like I, just, for, I know you did. As soon as he punched the. Uh, Nurkic, I was like, this guy. Yeah, I was like, you know, come on. It man. was the like, punch for me. It was you know? the choke. I'm like, what? Like, why? Either one. Why are you one. choking him and pulling him across the court? Like, what are you? You know, I can just. I mean, you know, we all got stuff, man. Anyway, we can we can go on and on. We gotta go. All right, Michael, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Y'all be good. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.